Welcome to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. We've got some exciting announcements to make today, so let's get to it. Okay, friends, welcome back. We are talking about chapter seven today. Chapter seven. And what is the title of chapter seven from the book? The Assault on Statewood Baptist Church. Right, but before that... Okay. We, have, we have fun stuff before we get to the assault. Yes. And as always, every week, we just love when you guys tune in with us because I hope you feel like we're just sitting down having a cup of coffee because this is, or some tea or whatever you like to drink during mm-hmm. the day in the morning. Or Diet Pepsi. Or Diet Pepsi. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Give what me else? a cherry Coke. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. Whatever. So anyway. So, fun thing happened last week. Mm-hmm. You want to share the news or you want me to share the news? <sighs> well, I guess I'll let you, because you were the one that discovered it. So uh, Right. Okay, you guys. So, I, we were up early, you know, our usual time, 3.30, 4 o'clock. And... Oh, wait. Should we, get, should we give them the backstory on this first? Go ahead. <laughs> How okay. long this has been in the works now? Oh, go ahead. Okay, real quick. Long story short. Right. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, when we got the film done again in... And we're talking uh, about Inwood Drive, if you're just tuning in. It was late March Mm -hmm. that we got it done. And we were planning on doing a limited theatrical run. Right, wouldn't that have been great? And then, everything closed. I don't know if you remember that event. (laughs) (laughs) Please, we're all still living through it. But... Every theater shut down, and so we thought, oh, we'll quick do a pivot here, and we'll go streaming. Right. And so we went with plan B, which was to start with some of the big streaming outlets, Mm -hmm. and we started with Amazon. Because we had already had that in place. Like, that was a part of, after the theatrical run, that was what was already in the mix. Right. So it was already in, in the, basically in the mix. And so we uh, scrambled to get our files conformed mm-hmm. for Amazon because there's there's a lot of details that have to go into <laughs> these various platforms. It's what's called deliverables. And so we got all that squared away. And uh, then we sent our files off and it was a done deal. And <laughs> then it wasn't a done deal. We sat in review Oh, let's see. We the first re- the first upload we did um, that was back in April. Right. It was early April, and then everything shut down. Everything shut down, and we have been in review. Right. So exciting for thing happened. Four and a half months, and <laughs> so we had kind of given up on it. Yeah. Because we we. It really been... became it really became like our our morning joke. We right. would go and after after <laughs> coffee and after you know we we read and did everything. We would go and check Amazon to see if it, because you guys, it was like, it says three to four days and they were, quote, experiencing delays. Okay. Well, I get that. So we're talking like a week, maybe. Right. And then I started reading other threads and talking to other producers and they said, well, I'm hearing it's up to 30 days. Yeah. So 30 days came and went 30 days, 60 days, four times over. (laughs) So the three to four days turned into four and almost five months. I mean, it was, it was, was, so we had kind of given But I went and I checked it one morning Mm -hmm. last, this week, last week. It was last week. It was last week. And it was Friday morning. Oh yeah. Friday morning. It was what an exciting morning. And it was an exciting weekend. (laughs) 
So I go and check it. And like usual, I just kind of breeze by it. But I notice there's like these little green, green circles. There's circles that they're half green if they're reviewing. They're full green if it's like published and ready to go. And my eye just caught the bubble, the circle, <laughs> and it was all green. And I was like, oh, wait, that's different. And then I started reading all the details. And I'm like, oh. It says it's published. And so I ran into the living room and I hopped on the Roku and got on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Inwood Drive is on Amazon Prime. So, oh my, oh my. Prime video. Here we go. (laughs) It's on Prime. Right. A Prime Video Direct. It's, it's, It's not a Prime selection. Right. But you can purchase it and rent it on Amazon Prime Video. Right. So that was exciting. That was a very big, very big morning. Uh-huh. It was a very big day. But yesterday was also a very big day. Yesterday was a very big day. <laughs> Our youngest turned two. Dun, 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 dun. Caitlin Faith Archer is <laughs> two. Oh my goodness. Two and you know it. <laughs> and I'm through. <laughs> And I don't know how many people know the story of Caitlin. Well, so we, backing up, because Caitlin and Inwood Drive are... The same age. Are the same age. (laughs) We went and we had our first meeting with Kathy Humbarger to tell her our intentions of producing Inwood Drive. Uh And then 10 days later, along came Katie. Right. So, so we, we so we always know how long we've been working on this film project right. by how old our our youngest daughter is. So if that tells you anything about the insanity level it takes to do a film like Inwood, you're about to have a newborn in the house. <laughs> Let's start a movie. Right? Whose idea is this? But it was funny. It's all good. It was interesting because of course Facebook loves to remind you of your memories and of course it came up popped up. Mm-hmm. You know, I was storying um that morning that we went in and it was the first time that we weren't induced (laughs) (laughs) we were actually we were scheduled to be induced that Uh morning but i earlier it was like 3 30 4 ish when i because i got up and i let the dogs out and then my water broke and I was like, whoa, this has never happened before. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So we hurried up and got our bags in the car and off we went. Because fortunately, the big girls were already staying over at grandma and grandpa's. So, right. so because we, had, we were going in to be induced. Yeah, this was all planned. Yeah. But Katie had other plans. Right. And so then we get to the hospital and they have no idea. Like we thought that we were pre-registered. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we were actually pre-registered through our doctor's office at the other hospital. At a different hospital. <laughs> and they're like, can you leave? And I just look at I'm like, no, I'm yeah, not so, leaving. Well, so we walked in and they had no idea who and we were. And they only but, had one bed available. Right, but they looked and she, and she said, but we're, we're, of course, we're going to get you in because you are in labor. Yeah. Right? And so... <laughs> They, she got us in and then we were there for a good hour and then our the doctor called and wanted us to go to the other hospital. Oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. And I said, No, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah, but beyond that, you know, and 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 yesterday morning before the all the kids got up and and we were just sort of reflecting on the day and and, and I was sort of like paralleling what sort of is going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Just just how you react and respond to things. Because Caitlin her birth was not 
and easy or normal. And it was very scary. Mm -hmm. Um, She ended up getting stuck. She was a lot larger than anyone thought. And so she ended up having nerve damage in her neck Mm -hmm. that caused her to um, lose mobility in her in her right arm. Um, So it was it was all very scary. She had to go up to the NICU. I mean, just well, it was not really, a fun experience. It was really scary because when she was stuck and then when they finally got her out, she wasn't breathing. Right. And there were a few minutes there where it was really pretty scary because mm-hmm. we, you know, you're, you, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, but, but it's, uh, I, I love looking back on it now and knowing the prayer that went into it mm-hmm. and just the, the total reliance and dependence on the Lord for, you know, whatever you have planned, mm-hmm. like this, this is what we're going to do. And fortunately today, Caitlin is completely fine, has full function of her, of her right arm. She's mm-hmm. very healthy. So, you know, praise the Lord like, yeah. is, is all I can say. But it was just interesting to kind of reflect back two years ago. And I sat and I just thought, you know, what was it? What was what was sort of the mindset? It was so unknown. Like we had no idea if she was ever going to be able to use her arm again. Mm-hmm. You know, there were all these scary moments. And and I was just thinking about how fearful so many people are today with the pandemic and the whole masks and everything that's going on. And it's like it's really how you react to things and, and where you where you put your trust and who you're who you're leaning on to for support. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I just remember, I just remember feeling so helpless because I was standing there next to you. And of course there's, you know, probably nine or 10 people in there already Mm -hmm. and when you're giving birth. And so it's not like you can just walk around. Like I was kind of, I'm kind of pinned in there in the, in the back. I couldn't get around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then once they pulled her out, like another five or six people just swooped in and they were, they were thankful they were there doing their jobs. I yeah, mean, like, yeah, and they're over there going, come on, baby. Yeah. Come on, you. baby, breathe, baby. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing you can do. But then you saw, you, you, you saw a little bit of hope on their, in their eyes. And then you heard her mm-hmm. start to cry. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was fine. But then there was all the questions of, you know, she had a brachial plexus injury. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're doing x-rays on her and telling you, well, it could be this, it could be this. We really don't know. And of course, you're just not getting any answers mm-hmm. from anyone. And But uh, long story short, she is fine. <laughs> <laughs> she is very much too. So we're just grateful So happy to birthday, her. Caitlin. Happy birthday, Katie. <laughs> So, and I guess I, to, to go back to the Amazon story, just to give people a little bit of oh, yeah. the kind of the, the inner workings of the film industry, there's, there are some, there are some distributors. So there are some platforms like, like Amazon, um, that you can actually go to as a, an individual title holder. So mm-hmm. with Amazon, they have a program that allows producers with their own content to go to their platform. And as long as you jump through the hoops and meet all the technical requirements, you can publish direct and you basically do a deal directly with Amazon. Mm -hmm. 
So you become your own distributor. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a real game changer because you can't do that with a lot of the other ones. I mean, there even things like iTunes and Vudu and, you know, what are some of the new ones now? Pluto TV, things like that. You have, you can't go directly to them. People always think of like Netflix. So Netflix, you, it doesn't matter who you are. You cannot go with one title to Netflix. They're, they will only deal with an intermediary called an aggregator or mm -hmm. a sales agent. Mm -hmm. And so it was a big deal to be able to get to one of the largest streaming platforms in the world. Yeah. So. Very exciting. Yes. Awesome. So what are we talking about today? Chapter seven? Chapter seven. The assault on Statewood Baptist Church. So mm -hmm. Statewood Baptist Church is uh, on a... Uh, it's on Inwood Drive. The oh. back of the building is on Inwood Drive. And the reason why we talk about Statewood Baptist, and that's really, really that is the proximity of Statewood Baptist to the abortion clinic is what brought the whole idea of doing the film. Yeah. So, you know, years ago, you and I went with our then one baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, who's now 10, uh, and stood with the uh, protesters, uh, the prayer, the prayer warriors. I don't really want to call them protesters, but the uh, the pro life activists, right? Um, to on procedure day to just observe what was going on, and that was really where the the whole scene really sunk in. In my mind, it was here's Statewood Baptist on one side of the road, the abortion clinic on the other side of the road, and in between is Inwood Drive. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, that's a that's really in the film that that's a, where the film starts is the day that Statewood Baptist Church found out that their new neighbor was George Klopfer. Mm -hmm. um, so it was uh, middle of 2006. So Klopfer had had his clinic downtown. He had he had bought the business as you may remember from prior episodes he had bought the abortion clinic business um from uh the prior owner the woman who had started it back in 78 and um susan hill was her name and then he was part of it was he was motivated because of some recent legislation that had been passed that was going to require some significant expense this clinic that he had downtown was really, really awful. Mm -hmm. Very old, dilapidated, grungy building. And I think the other part too was he, he the the he was so surrounded down there. Um, at the the uh, right to life uh, organization had rented the building right next door, mm -hmm. so there was a there was a. A presence. Uh, a presence right there. Yeah. And so he was trying to get away from that. There really was no way for uh, any woman to come into the Webster Street Clinic without being intercepted by a pro-life sidewalk counselor. Right. Whether they came through the alley or came from across the street or somebody dropped them off, they were going to have to face that. And so he thought he was one-upping the pro-lifers by moving his clinic. And, and he, of course, did this all in secret. Mm -hmm. And he picked this building on Inwood Drive that had been vacant for a while. And it was a good-sized building. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
then one day, um, when, uh, uh, Ron and Barb Hollinsworth. So Ron Hollinsworth is the senior pastor mm-hmm. at Statewood and Statewood's a small church. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's been there since the uh, late fifties mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very small congregation, um, under a hundred and, uh, Ron and Barb have been there most of their lives. Ron's family founded the church. He's one of the founding members. Um, and so Ron and his wife, Barb were, uh, on vacation down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and they get a phone call. And as Ron describes it, the, they were in the mountains and so he couldn't get reception. So the, the, the call kept getting dropped. And so he's wandering around in the parking lot trying to get a signal. He finally gets a connection established and it's the head of the elder, uh, the deacons from the church and says, Ron, I don't know how to tell you this other than just to say it, the the building behind us on Inwood drive is an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. I just found out, I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. So imagine getting that news and how that would ruin your vacation. Oh yeah, so, sure. Um, so they immediately packed up and drove home. Of course, they didn't know exactly what it was they were going to be able to do. You can't prevent it. I mean, it, the, the deal is done. He owns the building and there really was nothing that they could do. So... Mm-hmm. That was really where the the crisis started, and it's interesting because both Ron and um, Kathy Humbarger talk about how initially uh, there was not a spirit of cooperation between Statewood and the pro-lifers because— Nobody really trusted— the, or you know yeah. the the church because of what they had seen, you know, with the riots and— just the, the nastiness of the pro choice the pro choice mm-hmm. and pro life clashes in in other states they were very fearful yeah they were very fearful of uh violence yeah and they they really and understandably they didn't want their church lawn to become a battleground mm-hmm. so this was a, this was a scary thing for them um there was a lot of resistance initially, but, um, then Kathy Humbarger, uh, reached out and had an opportunity to go and talk with the the whole congregation. Mm -hmm. And they, they met for several hours one evening and talked about what they could expect and, and how the, uh, the pro-life organizations would, uh, agree to respect whatever the church's wishes were. And long story short, in the end, uh, Statewood became a, a a very active partner in you know welcoming the pro lifers yeah. and the pro life organizations there lending a hand to anything that they needed and right right mm-hmm. so eventually they uh, they allowed them to put up a pop up shelter yeah behind the church so that uh, and then they would run power out there so they'd have light and the mm-hmm. ability to run a heater and things like that mm-hmm. so that they could you know be there through thick and thin. And mm-hmm. I think, I think Klopfer was down to, it didn't take long for, for him at Inwood to be down to one procedure day a week. Yeah. So when we went, it was his procedure days were on Thursdays. Right. So, um, it wasn't necessarily necessary to, for them to keep a constant 
seven day a week presence down right. there, but it was still going on. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we interviewed uh, Ron and Barb, both, we interviewed them at the church. And I don't know if you, if you want to uh, tell people your impressions of Barb talking about being in the nursery at the church. Oh, it was, you know, I think that was one of the hardest things when she started talking about, you know, she's changing diapers right at the window. And at that window is the view of the abortion clinic. And so, you know, and she even, she talks about it in the film, you're changing baby's diapers and, you know, right across the street is where they're killing babies, you know? So it's, it's, it's really impactful. And, and she, she puts it really well and you see it in the film and, and mm-hmm. just how close the clinic really is right outside the window. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's just across, literally across the street. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen the film, it's, I mean, the clinic is a, a city street width away. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, plain view. From, so from, from the, the window in the nursery to the door of the clinic is maybe what, 150 that's, feet. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it's not that far. No. Um, one of the things that made things more difficult for the pro-life uh, workers at Inwood was the fact that uh, Inwood Drive doesn't have sidewalks. And so there was, they couldn't, they couldn't intercept people and, and mm-hmm. the clinic had its own parking lot. Right. And so the people would come right in and park on that property and get in you know, get out of the car and walk right in. And all they could do really was stand at the edge of the property and try to talk to them. And that's what you kind of have in chapter seven, kind of going through that layout. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough though, the, the, the clinic, when it was downtown, it was there, um, uh, over 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm down on Webster street and sitting across from, as you'll recall from first Presbyterian church, which welcomed the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the clinic, when it moved to Inwood and Statewood may be a small church, small Baptist church, but they are a solid gospel preaching church. Yeah. And, uh, the clinic only lasted about seven years before it finally met its demise. Mm-hmm. And I really think it speaks to the power of prayer and the proximity oh, of, yeah. of, of that church and the years of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Add to that, I think, um, a few years after Klopfer moved, then uh, Kathy and what was then Allen County Right to Life, now Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, moved their office in right next door to the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is which is really fascinating because I remember um, the the Jane Roe story and same thing there the pro life organization moved directly in next door to you know um, the clinic that was local in her area mm-hmm. um, and, and and that's how she came to the Lord mm-hmm. I mean through her story and is is the the pro life counselors and. Um, so it's really, really interesting. I think it's a good, I think it's a good example for other organizations. And mm-hmm. you see that a lot, um, even here in Indiana, I believe the one up in South Bend, there's a pro-life organization near 
Klopfer's other clinic, mm-hmm. or I think it's right across the street. Again, as as close as can be. Yeah, it's a common it's a common theme, and it's and it should be if you've yeah. got when you have women that are going into the clinic, and and I and Jeff Cly uh, pointed this out Dr. very Jeff well. Doctor Jeff Cly pointed this out very well, and we'll talk about him in a couple of weeks. That you know what you really have to consider is the mindset of the women that are coming in that what is it let's see beyond the the choice that they're about to make what what are their needs how bad must it be for them that they they really believe that this is their best option Mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the 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 things that we saw um as we talked with with a lot of people uh, in the pro-life movement, and there's there's a lot of varying opinions on the best approach. All right. And uh, and I'm not not really interested in having those debates with people, other than to say, listen, we looked at what had been done on Inwood Drive, and what we saw was this was an approach that incrementally worked. Right. And and could be replicated and done elsewhere. And can be replicated mm-hmm. elsewhere. So, yeah. um, so that's really the the story of of chapter seven. It's it's about Statewood Baptist Church, and there's there's history of the church, um, but it's really about that story of the the battle that really unfolded mm-hmm. there. It had been it had been going on downtown for such a long time. And showed up there, but I think I think it was put best uh, by you in the film is saying, imagine showing up to church one Sunday morning and oh. finding out that your next door neighbor is an abortionist. Yeah, and there was, there was nothing they could do. I mean, it was he was going to start. He had it was it was early June that they found out, and to for him to qualify under the grandfathering clause of the new state regulation, he had to perform a minimum of five abortions before July 1. Right. So he was in a hurry to get set up and do his minimum number of abortions Mm -hmm. so that he could maintain his license as it was. It's a really, really sobering thought. Um, And just imagine the helplessness that the church felt. But never fear, because the story goes on. Yeah. And uh, eventually, there's always, more to the story. there's always more to the story, and the Lord will not be thwarted. That's right. So that's chapter seven. Yeah, I feel like that was a short chapter, but here we it, are. It was. It is a shorter chapter compared to some of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you for spending time, taking time with us out of your day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast and ministry is 100% donor funded. And if you'd like to partner with us and help us grow this outreach, visit fearlessfeatures.org forward slash give. As always, have a wonderfully blessed day and live your life filled with the Spirit. Mm